Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful sense of his presence in the house tonight. Isn't it wonderful that we can come in and begin to lift up hands and worship and begin to sense Jesus? Isn't it fantastic? I'm so thankful that I can come into the house and be a part of what God is doing. I hope you are too. And I'm thankful for, uh, you know, I'm thankful for a lot of things. I have to be honest with you. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my, my son who doesn't let us rest, but it's good. He's great. I'm thankful for this church, for what God is doing here. Have to agree and amen with Pastor Hamp. God is moving in the house. Listen, we're going to have to preach this thing together tonight. What what do you think? Yeah, amen. We're going to talk to each other tonight. God is moving here. Amen. We're in a season of growth. We're in a great season. I was speaking to the young adults on Sunday night about kairos moments. There are two words for time in the New Testament. One is kairos, and it refers to a season or moment of grace, an opportunity, a God moment, a opening, an open heaven, if you like, in the purposes of God. David said in Psalm 110, verse 10, um, Thy people will be willing in the day of thy power. And I love that there is a willingness in the body. We're saying yes again. Amen. I have to put my hands in the air and say, say, I'm saying yes again. I'm saying, yes, Lord. It may cost me, but I'm stepping into it. It may cost my family, but I'm trusting that there is a reward at the end of it if I just say yes. And it's amazing that that is the season we get to live through. As much, as much as there is uncertainty right now, as much as the last 18 months have called for endurance, there is no doubt that Jesus Christ is building his church. How many people have we put through the waters of baptism? Come on now. How many people? It's a testimony. And to be able to go and for the church to leave the church, to leave the four walls and bring the testimony of the gospel out and have people watch people being baptized, to me is tremendous. We're sending people to Bible school. Jamie Byrne, amen. We are sending people to Bible school. This is a moment in time. It is a Kairos moment. It is a moment where God will meet your availability with his ability. So I want to encourage you with that at the very beginning, uh, right off the offset. You know already the things that the Holy Spirit is prodding at, the opportunities that are coming towards you in life. Say yes. God will grace you for the task and the church will go on. Amen. Amen. I haven't even drunk any energy drinks tonight. Usually I get up here and and talk about energy. I don't even drink them anymore. So this is purely pure adrenaline. Hopefully some anointing as well. Will you lift your hands with me? We're going to pray tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I have to admit I'm out of shape, Lord. Let me catch my breath. (laughs) Lord, we just thank you tonight for the opportunity to come and open your word. What a privilege it is, Lord, to be loved by you. Hallelujah. 
to be known by you, to be fully known and fully loved. What a privilege tonight, Lord. Oh, hallelujah for the glory of the gospel. We are a redeemed people tonight. We've been purchased and we have a name. Once we had no name, but now we have a name. We have the name of Jesus and that name is higher than any other name. And we thank you that there will be a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus. But I thank you, Lord, that until that day, that name has lost none of its power none of its glory none of its ability there is still chain breaking power in the name of Jesus there is still wonder working power in the name of Jesus the blood is still the blood and he is still on the throne we thank you tonight Lord and we pray that you as we open your word your, and, and, and get into your word your word would get into us and we pray that the glory of the gospel would be clearly seen and that for those and I pray just for those of us who need endurance Lord that we'd be touched tonight and encouraged again in Jesus name amen and amen and amen thank you Lord praise the Lord folks tonight I want to talk to you about endurance I want to talk to you about endurance and um, we are living in an age and a time where endurance is required endurance is required it's difficult. I think that we live in a society now that idolizes certainty. We love certainty. We want to be certain about everything. Everybody's got a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and oh, certainly we did up until 2019, uh, and then 2020 happened, and so long to all of our plans. Amen? But how many of you know that the scriptures say that many of the plans in the heart of a man in the mind of a man but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails so even though our plans have been derailed the purposes of God have not amen they have not God is still doing what he does I love it I forget the psalm uh, I forget I think it's 115 it says our Lord is in the heavens our God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases isn't that tremendous hallelujah but tonight I want to talk to you about endurance I want to talk to you a little bit because although nothing has changed in heaven, our status, our position as children of God is secure. We need endurance to run the race set before us. Amen. So I want to look to you at he, to, uh, what, what, excuse me. I want to look at Hebrews chapter twelve tonight, uh, and, and just I'm going to read a few verses. That is, gr- you bless you. That's something. I love this man. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, um, starting in verse 1. I really want to look at verse 2 and 3. Uh, just put your finger there because we're going to move through a few verses tonight. But I want to talk to you about a new mindset. Okay, a part of enduring is about having the right mindset. So Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every sin uh, that easily entangles or ensnares and, and listen Let us run our race with endurance, the one that's set before us, looking to Jesus. Amen? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. And verse 3 says, consider 
Consider him who endured much hostility from sinners so that you would not become weary or faint-hearted. Hallelujah. Now, put a finger on Hebrews 12, and I want to talk to you out of Matthew 6 for a while. Uh, Matthew 6, it's the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus is uh, delivering um, really the, the basis of Western morality as we know it on the Sermon on the Mount, and he gets to a portion on anxiety, and I want to talk just about verse 34. So just bear with me there. You can keep a finger down on Hebrews uh, 12. Matthew 6, 34. Any warriors in the house? Oh, some liars in the house tonight. <laughs> Any warriors in the house? Absolutely. Worrying, thinking, perm- permutations, calculations, moreations, whatever. We worry, we are warriors. Amen. So there's warriors. I want to talk to some warriors tonight. Verse 34, Jesus says this, and it's remarkable. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Forget your five-year plan. Don't even worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Folks, that is remarkable. That is remarkably liberating. Jesus is literally saying, although your problem may span potentially many days, you only have to endure the day. It's the day you endure, not the problem. Do you see what he's saying there? I'm not calling you to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for that? I'm single today. Will I be single forever? I don't have enough money for a bill that's coming next week. So I'm going to spend all the time from now to next week worrying about a bill. And I'm going to worry and worry and worry. And I'm going to invent problems and then worry about how to solve them. I'm going to commit all of my time to worrying about things that may never happen. Listen to C.S. Lewis's words. Remember, one is given the strength to bear what happens, but not the 101 different things that might happen. We have strength for the day, for what will happen. Listen to this. This is the words of a guy called Michel de Montagne. No. He said, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which has never happened. And finally... Charles Haddon Spurgeon, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its problems, only today of its strength. I wonder, I wonder, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? Are you overly concerned? Are you, are you expending strength God has given you for today on problems that may never occur? Jesus literally said, literally gave us a boundary for our worry to operate. Now, in other passages of of Scripture, there are practical applications on dealing with worry. But Jesus tells us something radical. If you are living, and that word worry, it's anxiety. It means to to care or or, or be careful or be circumspect or or consider your lot in light of. That's what Jesus is saying. 
there's a healthy side to planning. I'm not saying don't, you know, I'm not saying carpe diem tonight. But what I am saying is this. Worry, worrying about the future is a surefire way to drain today's strength. And it is what the enemy loves to do. It's what he loves to do. Take your joy away from you. You're so worried about what might happen. What if my health, what if my finances, what if my relationship statuses don't change? What if they do change? What if this eventuality happens or that eventuality happens? What if is the language of fear? Even if is the language of faith. We are a people of faith. We are called to say even if. He is with me. He's for me. He has me. Even if I have a destiny, I have a future, I have a hope in God. Even if I'm in the hands, in the arms of the everlasting, in the arms of the almighty. We are a people who should say even if, yet so many of us live in the what if. And so Jesus says, take it day by day. What a key to endurance. How do I run a race? How do I run a marathon? Step by step. Meter by meter. Kilometer by kilometer. Moment by moment. Joshua, God said to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, I'm not, going to give you the, I'm not going to give you the whole land. I'm not going to give it to you. It's too big for you. It consumes you. It would consume you. So instead, Joshua, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to give it to you moment by moment, step by step, victory by victory. You're going to walk in faith and everywhere you plant your foot in faith, the walls will fall before you. The land will open up to you and your inheritance that's already yours will become actualized in your life. We are to make steps in faith. Trusting God, saying even if, and even if they're small steps, the walls of our problems begin to shake and crumble and they fall. We can't try and solve tomorrow's problems on today's grace. We have a capacity today. You have a finite amount of strength, a finite amount of mental capacity, emotional capacity. And I find that the things that suffer the most when we live in the future, future problems are relationships today. We don't give the best to the people around us. We are called to love well today and Jesus will take care of our tomorrows. Our relationships suffer when we pour our energy that God has given us for the people around us today into solving problems that may never happen. I read a, a study just the other day just the other day, and it said that there was a group of people, and they, I don't know how they worked it out, but 85% of what they feared would happen never happened. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of energy poured into potential problems. That's a lot of real energy poured into potentialities. I want to look at another passage of Scripture, because this, I mean, this is a problem we all deal with here. And it's as if we try and solve tomorrow's problem without all the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, Lamentations 3, uh, if you like, you can turn to Lamentations 3. I want to show you what Jeremiah says. It's a remarkable verse of Scripture, and we know it so well. Jeremiah says this. It's Lamentations 3, around about verse 21. Jeremiah says this. This I call to mind... And in this I have hope, 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. So Jesus says we are guaranteed trouble. But Jeremiah reminds us that we're guaranteed mercy as well. Don't live in tomorrow's problem on today's grace. We're experts at at foreseeing the problems. We're experts at reading the tea leaves. What's going to happen? And this is how it might happen. And this is, and and yet we've got no answers. It just breeds frustration. When are we going to become experts at expecting the grace and the mercy of God? When are we going to become, when are we going to be expectant? Lord, how are you going to solve this problem? We can see the problem before we see the provision. That, in the old King James, it says, This I call to mind, and in this I have hope. Steadfast love of the Lord, or even, it is because of the Lord's love, loving kindness, that we're not consumed. That's wonderful. It's because of the Lord's loving kindness that we're not consumed. That word, loving kindness, there are several words in the English, but it's really derived from a Hebrew word called chesed, and it means, it's from where we get the word grace, but one of the meanings for chesed is loyal love. The loyal love of the Lord is why I'm not consumed. The loyal love of the Lord. And it goes on in the King James to say, his compassions fail not. Wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm knocking bottles of water over. It doesn't even matter. His compassions fail not. He cannot fail, but he can't but be compassionate. He can't but be merciful. He can't but be faithful. Now, Psalm 124 says this, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel now say, the raging waters would have swept us all away. Every morning you can say, I am alive by the grace of God. I'm here by the compassion of God. And it's not my capacity for my problem. It's his, it's his kindness and compassion. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. And, and Jeremiah says this. He says, this I call to mind. And in this I have hope. And I want to say on a real level, there is a battle for your mind that begins early in the day, okay? It begins early in the day, right? And the battle for today's joy and today's strength and today's peace begins early in the day and it has everything to do with where you put your eyes or place your perspective. It begins in the mind. There is a source of hope that you can draw from early in the day, an abiding reality, a truth about who God is, about who he is, his heart, his love for you, and it's there every morning. An assurance for the day to come and comfort for the day that has passed. As if to say, come what may, whatever comes at me won't prevail. I won't be cut off. 
He's still with me regardless of what yesterday's circumstances have told me. But here's the point I want to make here. It is a returning to goodness and mercy. It is a continual daily drawing from goodness and mercy and being refreshed in your perspective so that you could go on and face the trouble of the day. That's what the scriptures are teaching us. Grace is is a once for all and yet it is a journey. It is a race already won and yet it is very much a day by day, moment by moment, step by step of faith onwards and upwards into the things of God. New every morning. New grace, new mercy. Exodus 16. I want to look at manna. I want to look at manna today. I want to look at manna. Because it's such a remark. The Bible's amazing. Pause. The Bible is remarkable. It's remarkable. I'll talk to you about manna. Exodus chapter 16. The children of Israel have left Egypt about a month. They're out about a month. And they've just come through Elam, that place of rest, that place of um, sort of... You know, that, that desert spring, if you like. And they're en route to Sinai where they'll receive the Mosaic Covenant and they're traveling through the wilderness of sin. Okay? And there God says to Moses, we're going to read it here. They're, they're, of course, the Israelites are complaining. We wouldn't know anything about complaining. <laughs> right? We're complaining. And, and uh, God, God says to them, God says to Moses that I'm going to rain down, so firstly, quail, but I'm going to rain down something else. I'm going to rain down bread from heaven to feed them. So verse 14. And when the Jew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And by the way, manna actually means what is it? And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded Gather it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer, that's about two liters, according to the number of persons that each of you has in your tent. And and some people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less, but when they'd measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till morning, and it bred worms and stank. Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as, as much as they could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. I want to explore this, this manner, this picture of bread from heaven. New mercies every morning. Hallelujah. God brings them into a place of faith, a place of trust, a dry place, but a place that's plentiful with his faithfulness and provision. A place of faith. Some people prefer a a safe sort of slavery than a risky freedom. The Israelites found it, thought it would be easier. Read Numbers 11. They wanted to go back and eat the food in Egypt that they believed had no cost. And yet God had brought them out by miracles into a place of trust, into a place where they had to receive daily the grace for the day. And God said things to them that I think are so interesting. He said, listen, gather only as much as you need for the day. 
So when you look at verse 18, it says some gathered much and some gathered little, but those who gathered much had enough and those who, oh, sorry, those who gathered, um, actually wait, let me just read it. But uh, with Anoma and whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. And so folks, I want to make a point even here uh, out of the text that, that, that in the morning time, there is a time every day where we can go to God to draw from him. Amen? Now, this isn't a heavy word, so don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to be that. But, but there is, a, day, uh, there is a, a time in the day where you can do that. And it says here in the text that they gathered as much as they could eat. Okay, so some of us will, life will allow some of us to gather a lot. We'll have space or capacity in our lives to go and draw from God and get a lot out of our times with the Lord. Some of us won't be able to because life will, has its constraints, its realities. But either way, there is sufficient grace for everybody. So there's no condemnation. Oh, I could only get five minutes with the Lord. Oh, I could only pray on my way to work. Well, even those who gathered little had no lack. A little bit of Jesus every day keeps an awful lot of things away, folks. When you get into that word every day, every day, even if it's just a little bit, let's not have a low view of scripture, folks. This is God's living word. Exposure to this book is transformational. It's transformational. I think there's a, a Barna study, um, a study by the Barna Institute that's well worth a look at. But they actually say that uh, if you read the word maybe twice a week, three times a week, it has a negligible effect on your mental health. But if you read the word four times a week, mental health issues decrease by something like 75%. Remarkable. That's anxiety, uh, that's insecurities, different things like that. That this word, when we, when we open it up, and even if you're reading Leviticus and it's a boring thing and it's dragon, even the, even the exposure to it does something to you. Open up God's word every day without condemnation. It's his letter to you. He loves you. Now look at verse 19 through 20. Moses said, keep some, don't, don't keep any more than you need for the day. And I want to make a point here. I want to make a point. And this might be, this might help us understand something. When we are, are sort of looking beyond the borders of the day to the problems we're dealing with in life, and we start to try and, and sort of make our, our current capacity our current strength, our whatever it is, whatever our blessings look like today, stretch into tomorrow, right? We get into trouble. Why? Because there is more than enough grace for today. Our, we, if we lens what God is doing in our life today through the lens of today, right? There is abundance. It's an abundance. I've got more than enough for today, right? I have more than enough for today. I have more than enough today for today. And beyond it, I have his steadfast love and mercy. But if I start to try and stretch what I have today into problems that are in the future, all of a sudden there is a leanness that can come into our souls. We can start to look at current blessings the wrong way. They can start to rot in our sight. All of a sudden, I've got more than it. For instance, I have more than enough money for today. And if I need more money tomorrow, God will give it to me. 
But if I start trying to think about how I'm going to pay for, for my kid's college now out of what I've currently got in my bank account, all of a sudden, I'm not going to be quite as thankful for the blessings that God has given me today. So I need to lens things the right way. We'll keep going. Verse 21. Verse 21, it said this. Morning by morning, they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. And I want to just say this that we have to take opportunities. We have to make the most of our opportunities before the busyness of the day, before the trials and the demands of the day cause our opportunities to melt away and evaporate. So getting early and getting in and, and, and drawing from God early is, is the way to go, to go. But beyond all of that stuff, what I love about this part of the scriptures is that it's the same word, yet it's new every morning. It's a testimony to the inexhaustible depths of God's word, that I can read the same thing a thousand times, but on the day I need that verse to speak to me, God will open it up to me. I can go back to the Lord again and again and again, and that word will keep giving me something new of Christ every day. I want to end... I want to end by looking back at Hebrews. God rained manna down as if to tell the children of Israel, every day I want you to come to me. And, I want, and every time you do, I'm going to give you more grace for whatever you need. So you're not to worry about the future. Instead, you're to expect that whatever comes into my life, whatever troubles come to my door, there will be grace in the morning. There'll be grace for me to take them, to take them on. Beyond it, I want to look back in Hebrews, in John 6, but as, I, as we do, John 6, Jesus said that that bread that fell from heaven was his body. He said it was my body. That bread is my body given to you, given for you. So that word, that body, those promises, I want to look at that here. And I want to say, how do I run my race with endurance? Just to end. How do I run my race with endurance? That there was a body broken for me. That we are to consider every day Jesus who gave his body, who allowed it be broken. The joy that he had that held him and allowed him endure everything he endured and go to a cross. That that is where our minds should go every day. In the morning time that we should cast our eyes again onto our saviour whose joy will be our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. That is his joy. The joy that kept him and, and caused him to endure will be the same joy that when we look to it, that joy will fill us up and allow us to move forward. That's the truth of it. When we look to him, when we consider him again, who endured such hostility from sinners for our sake, we can endure much through the strength that he provides. And it's day by day, looking again and again and again, trusting again and again and again, and not worrying because he's holding you and the things that matter to you. And I love Romans 8:32. To me, it's become a life verse. And Paul says, um, if he did not withhold his son, so Jesus gave, God gave his son, while we were his enemies, how will he, now that we are his children, not much more graciously give us all things? 
That's remarkable. That's remarkable. God did not withhold his son. Jesus did not withhold himself. So Lord, every day, it doesn't matter what I'm facing in life. I, there is a love and a joy and, 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 uh, that you have for me that I can stand in. And that is my strength for the day. I don't need, Lord, anything more than what you gave for me. Drawing, feasting from the body that was broken every day. Letting that be my sustenance. Letting that be my strength. De Deuteronomy 8.3, uh, Jesus quoted it in Luke 4 to the devil. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone. The things in this world don't sustain us. But rather man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There is a word for us every morning. There is a vision of our Savior. There is something from the sacrifice of Christ that is for us and is fresh every day of our lives. And God is calling us again and again and again before his throne of mercy and grace in time of need. Thank God I don't have to figure out my life and work out problems if it, that, that may not even arise Instead, I can feast and enjoy and draw from my Savior's love for me. Because of him, I won't be moved. Isn't that wonderful? You can't be moved. You won't be moved. I love it. And I'll end with Psalm 55, verse 22. David says, cast your burdens on the Lord. He will not permit the righteous to be moved. He will not permit the righteous to be moved. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray and then ask Pastor Ham to come back and close the service. Lord, I, um, I thank you tonight, Lord. Um, I pray that, that this has been a help and a grace for those listening. Lord, I pray that God, as we leave this place, we would leave, Lord, refreshed knowing that we don't need to worry about things in the future. Lord, instead we can expect future grace that will meet us, Lord, at the point of need. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we go from here and, Lord, even begin to draw from you in the morning times, that you would give us the grace, Lord, to draw, Lord, and enjoy you, Lord. And, and just, I just pray that for those people, Lord, who are struggling with anxiety tonight, Lord, I just pray that they would see again your great love for them and your great grace that is available every day. So I pray that in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord, again. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.